0: This is a pod. A pod about dogs. Hi everyone and welcome to the Healthy Dog Pod. Today we have, as always, myself and Sophie and Hi. we have Anna from Like A Pet Food. Hi. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Thanks for coming in. Today we are going to be talking about Anna's Anna's baby, Anna's project, Like A Pet Food, which is a, well... Do you know what? Who's best to uh, describe it? Anna, tell us what Leica
1: is. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm Anna Podolsky. I'm the founder and CEO of Leica Pad Food. Leica is a direct-to-consumer human-grade dog food company. So, we produce all of our food in-house. It's minimally processed, made from 100% whole foods, and we ship directly to the customer's door
0: fantastic That's so good yeah love it i mean i've been fortunate enough to kind of see the food first hand and give my dog it and i did it Yeah,
2: people (laughs)
1: people do eat it So our our team Oh really? Yeah, our team does taste testing Uh, So whenever we're making a new recipe or refreshing current recipes They actually go in and and try the different foods and compare and give us tasting notes Um, And I do know that some customers have eaten it as well Um, We have one, their kid feeds the dog and kind of eats out of the packet afterwards (laughs) One for you, one (laughs) for me Exactly, (laughs) we could not like that, sorry (laughs)
0: it's uh it is genuinely i would consider it like top of the like that's such a good food it's absolutely the best at what they do um because and there's such a big movement towards this method of feeding now and um i know anna's got a fantastic story about why what started all this for you
1: yeah, look, so it started with my dog, Laika,
2: the original Laika.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, I've had her since she was six weeks old. Um, she's my world. Um, and I've always wanted the, the very best for her.
0: What breed of dog um, is she?
1: She's a Border Collie Cross Boxteria. Awesome. Oh. The best. Combo, yeah. <laughs> that is a combo and a half. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> um. Yeah, so basically she, um, when she was about four years old, um, she was experiencing some health deterioration. Um, So I was doing everything right. I was feeding her the top of the line commercial food. I was exercising her every day, um, yet she was still experiencing – little things here and there. So, for example, her fur uh, started shedding heavily, um, so much so that she had some bald patches. Mm. Um, She was really itchy, so she would constantly scratch her ears and her her jaw. She ended up having scars on her jaw because Uh of it. Um, And the vet even said that her teeth um, were decaying and in a few years she would have to get them removed. Um, And I just didn't understand, like I was doing everything by the book um, and looking after her well um, and during the same time um, I was traveling for work um, prior to like I was a management consultant at Bain um, so about that time I just moved over to Chile and she was with me so I had to buy her food there and I was reading all the labels in Spanish and like you know, Googling and <laughs> trying to <laughs> work out what the ingredients were. Um, and that's sort of when I w- discovered um, just how bad um, the commercial food ingredients are. Um, and it made me kind of rethink things and I ended up cooking for her. Um, and it was – the transformation uh, was just incredible. After about a month on the on the home-cooked diet, um, her fur started shedding less, she, she was shiny, her um, itching – Pretty much stopped, um, and everyone was commenting on how much more energy she had and just how much bouncier and, and healthier just she was. Life.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, first off, like hats off, for like actually just not normalizing it and going, Oh, yeah, that's just the way she is. Yeah. I think that we see that a lot is people lot. normalize mm-hmm. bad health and mm-hmm. go, oh, It's just the way she is. Like, I think uh, that's something we're all guilty of, you know, with our own health and dog health and. You know, everybody that we see day in day out, we we normalise because that's our reality. But um hair falling out, teeth decay at four, yeah, mm. is not normal. No, and so these this is the dog's body communicating something's wrong. Yeah, and um, you know, and it's you were on the other side of the world reading uh, labels Spanish. in that foreign language, <laughs> yeah. and you still managed to um you know, look after the dog's needs and listen to what the dog's body was communicating. So that's awesome. Um, How did you, this is such a side topic, but how did you get out (laughs) of (laughs) Chile? Like, top, like, basic yeah. story.
1: Short answer, yep. on a plane? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fell into that one. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, I'll do that one.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, she, um, it, it's, it's a lot easier to get dogs out of Australia than it yes. is to get them back in. I've okay, how'd you get it back in? Because uh, I was thinking that Oh, man, that was a process. Um, So, we had to start planning that about six months in advance. Yeah. Um, and basically, there's a schedule that the government requires of all these vaccines and blood tests and, and what have you at certain periods of time. Um, and then when she flew back, she had to stay in quarantine for 10 days. Yeah, right. yeah, that's Which was right. really stressful for, I think, both of us. Um, yeah. The worst part is that you can't contact or see her during that time. So... Yeah, I didn't know how she was doing, um, and then yeah, once we got her back, she she returned to her normal self within a day. She was just so happy to see us. Yeah,
0: fantastic, <sighs> and that's it. Like you know, those things in life, traumas happen in life, and looking after the dog's health, you know, through their gut and through their brain is so important. You know, if uh, if that dog is in poor health, that who knows? She might not have bounced back. She might have after one day but that's a you know that's a really good reason to look after the health because stress will happen in life and pr- you know what you what we put into our dog preps them for that you know so yeah um tell me tell me a little bit more tell me more about this like a story so it started off in chile
1: yeah so that's that's when i started cooking for her yeah. um and yeah, look, we, we didn't look back after that experience, and, and noticing um, her just become healthier and more more youthful. Um, I just could never feed her commercial food again. Um, after we spent some time in South America, I then moved to the states for work, and we were living in San Francisco, um, and that's where, you know, the startup community and. and um, you know, all the exciting innovation that's happening there, that's when I thought of the idea for Leica um, and I started developing the company um, on the side while I still had my full-time job uh, and eventually we moved back to Australia and that's when I decided to leave my work and launch the company.
0: Oh, fantastic. That's amazing, love yeah. it. It's, um, I, do love a, I do love a good story of a startup. Like yeah. it's uh, it's just nice to see people get <laughs> again. a topic, but like just seeing people passionate about something and run with it. Yeah, and doing
2: what they want to do. Yeah. yeah, I think it's amazing.
0: It normally comes from some sort of adversity. You know, it takes that kind of situation to go. Oh, I can make a difference and a change. And um, it's how old is Lika now as a company?
1: The company is so we've officially launched about a year ago, uh, but it's been about two years since I started working on the idea.
0: That's really cool and um, what sort of things does like bring to the table
1: yeah so look we're different to commercial pet food in two key ways i think the first way is that we focus relentlessly on nutrition and not shelf life Um, so if you think about a typical commercial pet food um, it's sold through retail and what this means is the product needs to be shelf stable for you know, many months, or sometimes even many years, um, in order for it to sit in the shelves and both um, the distribution centers, the warehouses, the supermarket, or pet store, and then finally the customer's pantry. Uh, what this means is, when the companies are formulating these foods, um, it, it's important to process the food so that it is shelf stable. But during this processing um, the natural nutrients are actually lost Um, and what they need to do is add in synthetic vitamins and minerals to make up for that Um, and it's quite scary like if you next time you're in Woolies or Coles if you look at where the pet food is you'll notice it's in the same aisle as you know gardening products cleaning (sighs) products it is too yeah and one of the reasons is because it's the shelf life is much longer than even human processed food
0: Mm. yeah
1: Wow. And so with Leica, on the other hand, because we're direct-to-consumer and we ship straight to our customer's doorsteps, we don't need to worry about shelf life at all, which means our first and only priority is the nutrition. Um, and we work with um, our in-house vet, Dr. Matthew Muir, mm-hmm. uh, to formulate the healthiest recipes made from 100% whole foods.
0: That can make such a big difference.
2: 100, even like humans, even us you yeah. know, when we eat bad food, how do we feel?
0: Yeah, like, horrible. It wasn't even like a. It wasn't actually a conscious thing that I did, but I just um, don't. I I just I my diet is, you know, I eat fresh food and vegetables, and I don't store food. Um, but as a consequence, and it, like I say, it wasn't actually a conscious thing. It was just something I found myself doing over time. Um, but as a consequence, my health improved dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was 10 kilos and it just uh improved my quality of life. It in- improved my mental health. Um Whereas I know back home in England, um, my diet was tor- uh, horrible and uh, it was only down to education. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought, you know, yeah. by eating um fish and chips, I thought I was eating fish <laughs> and potatoes. <laughs> I genuinely did.
2: I <laughs> wish. <laughs> yeah, that's all you knew. That's yeah. what you knew you thought was right. Yeah. And even... Uh, for me, I get. Have you heard of Marley Spoon? It's, mm. Yeah, so I, we get Marley Spoon delivered. You get Marley mm. Spoon yeah, delivered yeah. too, um, and it's
0: all or other generic brands. <laughs> <I> shouldn't really <laughs> specify, should I? Um,
2: and that's all fresh food, and you cook it yourself, and it makes you feel so much healthier. And you can actually pick which meals you'd like. Yeah. And after doing that, we found that um, you know we felt so much better because what we were doing previously was going to the supermarket and being like. Oh, we'll just grab this. We'll just grab a ready meal. Yeah. We'll just grab, you know, anything that's on the shelf, and it it dramatically changes your diet and the way you feel.
0: And even now, like I mean, so I'm sitting opposite me, she knows I'm prone to a burger, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like shit the next day. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> notice it
1: definitely. Yeah, um,
0: but if you normalize it, then it becomes normal, you know. And back in, back when I was eating unhealthily, I normalized it. This is just how I feel this is my energy levels yeah and we like going back to that point of we normalize what we see every day and um i genuinely know when i've had a burger
1: yeah <laughs> or and <three>. look <laughs> i think with with dog food it's also the fact that kibble and, and processed food is just the status quo exactly as you're saying it's the norm um and what we really need to do is challenge that and think okay well why are we feeding dogs these brown balls what is even the reason behind it?
0: was it because um, of rations in the war?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we we have a blog post about this topic exactly. Um, prior to World War um, Two, tinned dog food was quite popular. Um, then during the war, the price of tin skyrocketed because it was all needed for the war equipment. Um, and at th- that point, kibble was invented as a shelf-stable product that didn't need tin. And consumers found it so easy and convenient that it just stuck around. Um, so there isn't any scientific reason as to why kibble was invented.
0: No, and I suppose it's... Um, I knew it was... I actually learned something there. That's great. I knew it was about rations from the war. Yeah. I actually thought it was about food rations and not about tin. So oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So that's really cool. And um, I suppose nowadays, like you say, it's convenience. Not just for the consumer. I suppose the people that make it, they can make it en masse Mm, and they can just sell it on these huge volumes through processing equipment.
2: Yep. (laughs) I think the scariest thing now is when you look at a product and, you know, people are saying you need to add more veggies in or add more meat in. And what they're doing is they're actually colouring the food to different (laughs) colours to say they're vegetables, but they're not actually vegetables. And I feel that's quite scary they're trying to trick the consumer into saying, hey, 20% more vegetables. It's yeah.
0: like having a bowl of Cheerios and coloring them one green and going, yeah. there's your broccoli, mate. Well,
2: it <laughs> happens
1: in human food as well. Like yeah. you look, many products have additives and, and colorings just to make it look more appeal, appealing and, and inviting. When you look at it, you know, for example, why is Fanta orange? Well... It's not because there's oranges in it. (laughs) 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 Damn it. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) not.
0: That's right. And um, yeah, we we forget that the dog isn't the one that's purchasing it. And um, we are driven by marketing. So many of our behaviors are driven by what we see and what we are familiar with. And um, we will always, and this is why I think this is great, because we can influence a bit of change, because unless you're aware of the information out there, you don't actually know that there's options and alternatives. I was, um, uh, when I went back to visit England, my mum, I sat down and had uh, eggs uh, for breakfast. And my mum was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm having eggs for breakfast, but we have cereal for breakfast. I'm like, that's fantastic, mum. What are you talking about? I want eggs. She goes, well, everybody has cereal. That's what we have. And I said, well, also since cereal's come along, so is obesity. And everyone's just filling their bellies with sugar every morning. I don't want to do that, and she went, oh, shit, that would make sense. Well, yeah, it does, but nobody had ever questioned it and mm-hmm. you know here's a here's a woman that is in her sixties, and her entire generation has been fed this information from marketing, and they don't know any better and This is why I think hopefully our generation can challenge those norms and go we're not we're not in a war anymore there's plenty of tin mate um <laughs> so <laughs> we can start to go right okay why are we why are we putting this in our body what does it mean what um what are the options and this is where brands like Le- uh, leica really do set the bar in like good quality food you know i know that you source your ingredients really carefully um are you okay telling us a little bit about that
1: yeah definitely um, yeah, look, so everything that goes into Leica is human-grade. So if you and I couldn't eat it, then it's not going in the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, we source as much as possible locally. Uh, that means all of our meats, all of our veggies, they come from uh, the farmers and suppliers sort of within New South Wales or sometimes up in Queensland and Victoria as well. Uh, and all the other ingredients, um, so our, our dried powders, Um, they come from locally or if we do get them abroad from a reliable source so one example of that is our bone powder Um, so we add in uh, crushed bone as a good source of calcium and phosphorus what we found is that the supply chain here in australia um, a lot of the bone powder is actually rendered in a non-human grade facility um, and used for things like fertilizers Um, for that reason we source our bone powder from the us where it's actually human grade and added as a, a human food supplement as well.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Cause as much as we would love, um, you know, hundred percent locally sourced products sometimes the reality is that that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so this goes back down to, you know, fitting, doing the best we can, um, in terms of your goal of nutrition, it's not just doing the best that can because, oh, well, you know, we'll put some fertilizer in there because that's what we can get No, Like, let's go and get the best and um you know uh, my dog my dog's fed um uh, it's been fed like a, it's it is fed a, a raw diet and i mean the, the dog's health itself like i've only had him i've had him less than a year and he was so bad like he had kidney and liver failure his teeth were he just had 13 teeth out uh and his whole back end was affected by flea flea bit and dermatitis so he looked like he was wearing a tutu from his top half <laughs> and bald from the back end okay. And um, just quality mm. nutrition. And obviously, I mean, from my perspective as a trainer and behaviorist, I look at monitoring his stress levels, which helps. But the reality is the diet has, has played such a key part in that, just getting healthy food. And even now, you know, we are, I got him in September last year. And only last night I was around sofs and we we're chatting away and Django was laying there. And I'm like, his back end has finally just grown in properly. Yeah. It's been 11 months. And it takes that long. It's taken him. I mean, look, he was in a bad way. He was
2: very bad. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's it taken, totally changed. His
0: body is finally starting to recover. God knows what he went through before I got him.
2: I know. The rescue pump. Yeah. They found him on the street?
0: Who we thinks? So. Well, yeah, council picked him up off the streets. We don't know how long he was there. But, um,. Imagine the old mate. If you ever meet my dog, he is. How
2: he survived
0: on the street. He's pretty useless. Um, (laughs)
2: He's he's a
0: melon of a dog. I love him, but Christ. He's the
2: best. He's (laughs) so funny. He's scared of Soph's
0: rabbit. Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're they're so cute. They are fine. They tolerate each other. Like my rabbit was asleep and coming over, you know, saying hi. And Django's like, (gasps) shaking. (laughs) And my rabbit's like, sup. (laughs) <laughs> just walks <off>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that quality it goes back down to the quality of food is what has got him to this place and you mentioned earlier you know you have met a uh, good friend of ours as well um uh talking uh sorry helping you with nutrition and things like that and that information i can imagine is just invaluable
1: yeah uh, yeah uh dr matthew he is amazing uh he's he's just so knowledgeable in this space um you know he's has his own clinic or natural vet care um, where he's been formulating recipes and and um, working with dogs transitioning to natural feeding for about 10 years. Um, And yeah, now he develops all of the Leica recipes and yeah, I I strongly believe that um, because of this, we're developing the healthiest dog food available in Australia. Um, he takes all of his, all of his experience from past um, casework and and clients and and can bring that to our recipes. Um, and yeah, we're coming up with great products because of that.
0: Yeah, it's um it's actually fascinating listening to him talk about the effects of diet on everything like when he came in to the studio here and talked about the relationship between um the gut brain axis and skin uh, with the microbiome and that effectively that information that he's got is in leica which is amazing to, to just um like that that sort of thing is just second to none like you said i i agree i think i genuinely believe that leica is the healthiest thing you can feed your dog in this country yeah, um, I love it. I, I refer my clients to it all the time, and um, thanks, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I it's um it's something that I work with um, stress based uh, problem behaviors that are driven by stress, and I'm a big believer in a holistic health and actually getting on top of it from as many angles as we can. So something like your product genuinely makes my life easier. So. Of course i will <laughs> it just makes sense
2: exactly and you've used that with your own dog yeah yeah so and you've seen the change yeah. which is awesome
0: i haven't got drunk enough to try it yet
2: oh, yes <laughs> we're you gonna to do that yeah. Yeah. i didn't even think of that <laughs> we'll have to do it we'll have to <laughs> to try it That's yeah it. <laughs> no, that'll be good so there's so many perks to this food can you tell us a little bit more about your customer stories that you have
1: yeah we, we have so many stories. Um, it's incredible and it's honestly just super rewarding uh, hearing about um, the journeys that our customers go through with their dogs with Laika. Um, it's what, make, what gets me up every day and in, in, um, into work. Um, I guess one of the first things that customers notice um, when they switch to Leica is improved energy. Um, so one of our customers described it as a veil was lifted off her dogs oh. and they could she could see these younger, uh, more vibrant dogs. Um, other things they notice is um, shinier fur and less shedding. Um, we find that our omega-3s um, are, are very high. Uh, in fact, the AFCO, a uh, dog nutritional standards, recommend a ratio um, really high. Ours is only three to one, whereas their recommendation is up to 20 to one. Um, so because of that, the high omega-3s translate to a shiny and healthy coat. Um, another thing that customers notice is is increased mobility um and you know these omega-3s are great for joints and if uh, for senior dogs who might be getting arthritis um yeah and another nice side effect is the uh, improved digestion um our customers notice uh less farting in their dogs which we're yeah. <laughs> extremely thankful for yes, Definitely, um, <laughs> as well as uh smaller and less stinky poos um so yeah like Again, it's just so incredibly rewarding to when we're um at work and we get a call or an email from a customer, um, just yeah, telling us how their dog's going and that it's changed their life and they never want to feed it anything else. Um
0: You can visibly see the results. The yeah. the, the results are visibly coming through and you know, from first hand, you know, watching Django um literally change in front of my eyes. Um at first when he was um <laughs> When he was really bald, I am like, he's not shedding. And then uh one of my friends pointed out, Yeah, his energy's going into growing. And um oh. and then it was like oh yeah, of course. But then over time he started shedding. Um and now his coat's in full. Like so I know that he I know through experience that he's a shedder. Like naturally he sheds but barely. You yeah. Know, barely because he's just um not not losing fur <laughs> and that's through through the season now you know it's been winter and he's still barely lost any fur
2: yeah um i just want to talk about the food standards in australia or around the world so what because i think i've been reading a lot about there's just this baseline and you just have to have that baseline for commercial foods on the shelf and then that's it you don't have to meet certain standards is that can you explain that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So uh, in Australia, there's no um, official pet food regulation. Uh, so wow. scary. As zero. I know. Zero. zero. Uh, the pet food industry is self-regulated. So there's a body um, that's made up of the big companies um, that essentially uh, set up the rules and uh, are, you know, self-monitor uh, to them following those rules. Uh, it's quite different to everywhere else in the world um, because it, both in Europe and in the States, government bodies do regulate the industry. Uh, for example, the FDA regulates pet food in the US. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's really scary and almost unexpected for a country like Australia um, not to have that in place. Um, we There are certain standards called the AFCO standards um, that the Australian companies uh, do follow. But again, it is self-regulated, um, the following
2: of those standards.
0: So, it's, not a, it's, it's more of a suggestion than a legal requirement?
2: Yes, I would say that. Wow. Oh, I just can't even... And that's regulated by say. the
0: companies that are making the food. So, they basically could probably put whatever they want in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, oh. that's like the company that um, was having issues. It was being shipped from China and then dogs were getting sick from it getting um lung infections also. Uh, la, la, la.
1: yeah there's been a few cases yeah. um
2: a
0: lot of,
2: of, a lot of recalls yeah. yeah a lot of recalls yeah yeah
1: yeah and uh, and to me that's why um for us, human grade is super important as well, um, because again, these ingredients are much higher standard than pet food grade. Uh, yeah. Pet food grade is essentially um, everything that's left over from the human supply chain. Um, so they're made in these uh, rendering plants um, with other ingredients that go into fertilizers, chemical products, cosmetics. Um, so you know, and there has been whistleblowers coming out mm. just saying that the safety standards are really poor in these rendering plants um and that's why like uh we've said look we need to hold ourselves up to higher standards uh that's why we choose human grade foods because these foods come from a safe supply chain um where they're required to undergo certain tests and, and safety standards
0: that's yeah i think um those um standards that they're been uh pet food to hold and being held accountable for i guess um to some degree are a minimum requirement they're not um optimal and um that's where i think maybe or well, definitely you're coming in and going hey yeah i recognize your minimum requirement let's take that up and let's actually go look at what's optimal for the animal and um I'm, am i right in saying it's, it's a species appropriate diet so this has been designed f- just for dogs like it's not it's a species-appropriate diet, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that, that means that, um, you know, we are looking at something that is kind of tailored to be the best possible thing for dogs, as with the current information we have. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so. when we develop, or when Matthew develops our recipes, um, he has the um, AFCO standards that are the minimum requirements and he also has his own requirements um, that we that we strive for, which are at a higher level and more complex than the AFCO standards. Um, and definitely it's, you know, from his knowledge, um, experience, as well as other um, scientific input, Um one example being moisture content, um, which is, it's important for dogs uh, and cats, the like. I know we're not talking mm. about cats on the show. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, with lycra, it's about 65 to 70% moisture content. Um, with dry food, it you know, it's under even 10%. Um, and that's an example of being a species-appropriate food uh, because... If um, if the food itself doesn't contain enough moisture, there's a risk of the dog not drinking enough water to compensate during the day um, and being chronically dehydrated.
0: Yeah, wow, and and this is such a this is a bit of a side question, but why um why on dog food packets aren't carbohydrates listed?
2: Yeah,
1: it's not a legal labelling requirement even under the self um, regulation system in Australia. What? It's
0: so high. Like this what what we what I've Done when i've read I've read a packet i can't speak <laughs> whenever i've read a packet i do the maths and what we see is that carbohydrates make up such a high uh, proportion of of these processed foods yeah um and i'm assuming um with a very limited knowledge on this i'm assuming that's because carbohydrates are cheaper easy to process and um they can fill a food with something of that nature yeah.
1: And it it's necessary uh, to have carbohydrates in order to form the the kibble like the actual uh, shape of it okay. um for it to hold its structure. Yeah, well. Wow. Yeah. Um but yeah, we see dogs um and Matthew sees dogs at his clinics that become um addicted to these carbohydrates. Yeah. You know, they are you know, high GI, high in sugar. Um it's like feeding your kid you know chips every day. You yeah. get addicted to it and sometimes um you know moving a dog from dry food um, onto a fresh food healthy diet um, they'll go through this sort of wanting to go back to the kibble simply because they're addicted to the carbs and sugar in it yeah. that's, it's very scary
2: that's crazy i think the other thing that scares me in dry food as well is when it just says meat or meat byproducts and that's it and it doesn't say what it is like wh- what what is it is it pork Oof. is it bone is it like that's scary tooth
0: Um. (laughs) probably
2: like that's the thing it's so scary that you actually don't know Mm. what is in that food yeah
1: and i I would suggest um to for uh, consumers to always check the label and um, what you should be looking for is sort of whole proteins um so you want to be able to see whether it's um, the muscle meat or the organ meat and if it's the organ meat which types um so listed out as kidney liver heart um because you're exactly right sophie if it if it just says meat and meat byproducts um it's usually um a mesh of everything um that's left over um if it says meal um so meat meal um it means it's been rendered at a high temperature um which means a lot of the nutrients have been lost so again you want to avoid anything that says meal and opt for the fresh protein
2: (laughs) <laughs> like I'm just like in shock right now that this is happening in Australia.
0: Yeah. For a for a country that uh, is so um we love our animals. Yeah. But our education on them is poor. And um there's not enough um awareness of this sort of thing, you know. Same with we struggle with the same thing um with behavior, you know. Where there's we are a dog-loving nation and This is why I think that doesn't mean that we are informed on our dogs, but that's why when with getting information out to people, I think because we do love our animals, we will make change. Um, Coming from a perspective of we can actually be taking care of them better um, through whether it be behavior and training, whether it be diet, um, whether it be through... um, Veterinary practices, you know, str- yeah. fear-free fear, fear and trying to improve the quality of life for our pets. Um,
2: and the other thing is, you know, people say, I go to the supermarket, I buy it, it's convenient. But like it comes to your door, that's yeah. convenient. You know, choose the better option.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it couldn't make it any easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> I suppose that was driven by two reasons. I suppose the convenience factor, but also that um, quality of ingredients, like you said at the start, you know, by actually delivering it to their door, it means that you don't have to shelf it. And that means they're getting, they're getting the best, uh, the best possible service they can.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing, um, that it allows us to do is actually customize, our uh, recipe portions. Um, so this is another thing that's different about like, um, when you subscribe, Uh, to our plans you enter your dog's profile um so we take down information such as their age their breed their weight how much activity they do and we use all these factors to come up with an ideal portion size Um, and so everything you get is actually customized that portion Um, so if you have um a chihuahua you might get 100 grams per day whereas if you have a labrador they might get 700 grams per day Um, and again that just makes it super convenient for the owner um all you need to do is split that one pouch up per day. Um, and it allows us to control weight better. Um, and if a dog is underweight or overweight, we can help them achieve their ideal weight over time.
0: Yeah, it makes, uh, gives people some accountability for what they've actually portion size as well, you know. Um, one of the things, I mean, that I see all the time is people leave their dry food out to, for the dog to graze. And the dog, they have no idea how much the dog's eating. Um, or not, or when they're taking a shit. Um, they they have no concept of the physical health of their dog because they actually don't care. They just put it on the floor and, oh, that'll be right, mate. But you won't see a dog graze with this food. I know that much. Like, it's <laughs> it's gone. The dog loves it. And um, so once it's in, you know, okay, I can, it's gone. And you can start to just like, take note. It'll be subconscious probably, but like you'll start to go, well, he's took five shits today instead of his normal two, yeah, um that's abnormal, whereas if you're just if you're not monitoring that sort of thing, if you're not being any sort of deliberation about it, how would you never know? So we start to actually ask people to um be conscious of their dog's health because it will affect their behavior, it will affect their quality of life and their lifespan and everything and you know these these are family members, they deserve that right.
2: Okay, so tell us, how do we get Leica to our door?
1: So, if you'd like to subscribe to Leica, uh, visit... Our website www.liker.com.au. Uh, there you'll be able to build your box, um, which involves entering your dog's profile. It takes about a minute or two. Uh, you can then select a plan and check out. Uh, we offer an all meal plan um, where we look after all your dog's meals. We also do a half meal plan, which is a more cost effective option if you want to do half Liker and half of another food. Um, and if you don't want to subscribe straight away, we also do a seven day sampler box. Oh, cool. Uh, And as part of this podcast, I'd love to offer your listeners uh, with an exclusive discount. Um, So if they enter HDP twenty at checkout, they will receive a twenty percent off uh, their first
0: box. Fantastic! Love it. Thank you so much.
2: thank you so much little that's bonus great. prize yeah
0: <laughs> that's fantastic um thank you so much for coming in today and sharing uh, your story and your information and spreading the amazing work that Leica do
1: yeah no pleasure thanks for having me and it was yeah great to meet you guys great to chat Leica, um and yeah really like the work that you're doing too we will oh, definitely
0: awesome. be getting you in for our yes. references and chats in the future yes definitely sounds perfect Thank you, guys. Uh, remember, um, don't forget you've got your Like a Pet Food discount now um, on all your first orders. Um, give us your feedback. Go on our social media. Tell us how you feel about it. We love, you, we love all your comments. And remember, folks, a healthy dog's a happy dog.
2: And that was the pod. The healthy